want to welcome you, as Mark said, to Providence Church, wherever you may be. Thanks for joining us today in worship. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we know we've had many people that have joined us over the last couple of weeks. This is our third week in this uh, season of being uh, out of this room worshiping because of the coronavirus, but still connecting uh, every week on live stream. So thank you to all of you who've joined us maybe for the first time all over the place that have come to be with us. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, it's a really lovely room here, um, but our church is not about this room. Our church is about seeing people who feel disconnected from God and the church find hope, healing, and wholeness in Jesus Christ. So our prayer today for you is that this could be a, a, an hour of hope, a time uh, possibly even for healing, and certainly for many of us, just a way to feel whole again and whole and connected uh, to the church. So welcome. We're so glad that you're with us. If you're a guest, like Mark said, on the live stream on our website, you can even indicate that you're with us, and we'll follow up with you just to say uh, thanks for Thanks for joining us. To all my Providence people who are joining us all over the place, we, uh, we love you and we miss you. I realized I didn't say that enough when we were together, that I love you guys and sincerely have missed uh, being with you, but I'm thankful for this time. I'm thankful we get this, and uh, be assured of this. We will worship on the other side of the coronavirus. We will worship together on the other side of this, no doubt about it. So uh, let's hang on and hang on together in, in these moments. Thank you to so many of you who are taking care of us in this time. Those of you who are essential workers, we are praying for you daily. Those of you who are in the hospitals, those of you who are uh, in healthcare, uh, those of you who are work at the grocery store, uh, Kayla, who's at Publix for me, we, we thank all of you guys for all that you are doing. And just know that, um, you know, from my vantage point, Rachel and myself, uh, Pastor Mark and Jenny, I know I can speak for them. Our heart aches to see you again, uh, but we are as connected now because of the Spirit. So here we go. It's so, so good to be with you. Our church has been alive and active um, all throughout these weeks. I know this week, I just wanted you to know some of the things that's going on. Um, we are a part of uh, feeding hungry families that are connected to the school system. We have two schools that are assigned to us. Over 100 families um, were uh, fed this week through your generosity. This is a difficult time in our community coming out of the tornado and into coronavirus, but we are continuing uh, to be the church. Uh, we extend our hearts to those of you in Jonesboro, uh, Arkansas, and all who are suffering. We know what that's like, and we are with you. The church has kept going. Our small groups are meeting online. We even launched a new small group this weekend. It was so cool to see. Can you imagine a new group starting? They've never been in the same room together, uh, but are joining together to study God's word and, 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 um, and grow together in Christ. I want to thank you for your financial generosity. Get this, through March this year, uh, giving at Providence is up 15% than this time last year. We've had three Sundays where we haven't been in this room. Thank you for continuing to be the church, and I want to encourage you to continue to give online in this season so we can continue to be the church. My grandmother's name uh, was Mary Elizabeth Armstrong, Mary Elizabeth Armstrong, but before uh, she was Mary Elizabeth Armstrong, her maiden name was Angel, so my grandmother, her name, most, a, a big part of her life was Mary Elizabeth Angel. Now, I never met my grandmother. She died before I was born, but I would hear this name over and over growing up. She was, it was like the name in my family, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth. And uh, I remember seeing her name, Mary Elizabeth Angel. I was at my great-grandmother's house as a kid all the time, and I would sit on her floor, and she had this uh, family tree um, up on the wall. It was like um, somebody had stitched it. It was like needlepoint or, oh, he's going to mix it up. 
not crochet. It wasn't crochet. Cross stitch, I don't know. Somebody, <laughs> anyways, don't worry about it. Uh, this family tree had everybody's name, but I would focus in on this one name, Mary Elizabeth Angel. And um, as a little boy, this is not theologically correct, okay? But as a little boy, I imagined that if I had an angel, naturally, it had to have been Mary Elizabeth Angel, because I always heard her name. And uh, when I was a little kid, I'd, I had these uh, nighttime fears a lot. And I would stay up, and um, I've been having those again, actually. <laughs> but as a kid, I would have these nighttime fears, and I would, I would imagine that maybe my grandmother, in her spare time, maybe spent time watching over me, and I would talk to her in my room, this Mary Elizabeth angel. And it calmed me down. Now, again, there's nothing in the Bible that says we become angels. There's certainly nothing that says you get to be your grandson's guardian angel. But I have to think, I still believe that those words I sent up as a boy were heard by God. And that they were heard by angels because we believe in angels, especially, get this, especially in times of difficulty and wilderness. We're told that the angels are around us and, and watching over us. Psalm 91 says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. It says that there are angels, they're under God's command, and God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Now, can you imagine that God might uh, send his angels to guard a little boy in Mount Juliet in the 1980s? I can, I can sense you nodding, right? Well, how about the 2020s? Would God command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Psalm 91, I had no idea what I was asking you to do when I asked you to pray Psalm 91 for 91 days, meaning I had no idea all that it had held. Psalm 91 has been uh, prayed in my house this week. It's made me sit up straighter. It's made me sleep easier. It's had some moments where it's made me, you know, kind of scratch my head. What are you talking about here, God? It's made me reach out to some old seminary professors. I'm not sure I understand this. Um, and it has given me a peace and a trust. And I want to walk through Psalm 91 with you this morning. Psalm 91 starts with this line. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. There's two words I want you to notice there, and then we're going to talk about Jesus, okay? The two words are dwells and trust. Dwells and trust. Okay, get this. Jesus, growing up as a boy, most likely learned Psalm 91. Isn't that cool? Like, the Psalms were the hymn book for the nation of Israel. And so there's, there's like no doubt about it, that Jesus would have heard Psalm 91 and learned it. The reason I say that is you're teaching it to your kids, as you are praying it yourself. Just imagine that Jesus learned those same words and recited those same words to himself. I actually ran this by uh, Dr. Larry Hellyer. Larry is a member here at Providence Church, but he's a Bible scholar, now retired, uh, lives across the street from the church. He actually leads our Providence Bible Academy, which is this amazing thing. And I emailed Larry, and I said, uh, I said Larry, do you, would you think it's a safe assumption that Jesus knew Psalm 91? And Larry emailed me back, and he said, Jacob, I would not consider it a safe assumption. I would consider it a certainty. And so I just want you to hold on to that, because as I began to read Psalm 91, here's what I heard. Jesus. It was like, uh, and Psalm 91 came first, so it's like uh, Jesus had Psalm 91 in him, and he would echo the psalm out in some of the things that he would say. Here's one of the, the main places I heard Psalm 91 in Jesus' words. You may know these words from John chapter 14. They say this. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. So Psalm 91 clearly connects dwelling and trust. And then right here in John chapter 14, clearly Jesus is is connecting where we dwell and who we trust in. So your ability to trust is connected to your understanding of where you live. Your ability to trust in these times, in these strange times, is going to be connected to your understanding of where you live. Psalm 91 says, she or he who dwells or finds her home in the shelter of the Most High will be able to say, I trust in God. So he who dwells with God can say, I trust in God. Jesus just reverses it, and he says, trust in God, I've got a place for you to live. (laughs) Trust in me, I have many Uh, dwelling places that I am preparing for you. So your ability to trust is going to be connected to how you think about where you're living right now. What does that mean? If you set up your camp right now in fear, it is going to be hard to trust God. You know, if you're like, I'm just going to live in fear until this is over. That's a direct quote from my brain this week. (laughs) I'm just going to live in fear until this is over. Well, then it's going to be hard to trust in the promises. If right now we think, I live in a land of pandemic, Where do I live? I live in uncertainty. Where am I living? I live in fear. If we live there, it's going to be hard to trust. These things are true, of course. We are living in a land of pandemic. We are living in a time of uncertainty. But Psalm 91, here's what it does for me. It takes me higher. It points me higher to say that the promises of God are actually higher than the circumstances that I can see. And so we're going to have to hold on to promises. We're going to have to trust, but to trust, we're going to have to dwell. So today, a question might be, where are you living? Where are you living right now? Are you living in fear? Are you living in the news? Are you living in social media? Are you living with the tiger guy? I don't know, the tiger king or whatever he is. I don't know. There's a lot going on, right? Or are you dwelling in the shelter of the Most High? Psalm 91 says this. This is just a paraphrase. I'm kind of putting together those first couple of verses. I dwell in the shelter of the Most High. I trust in God, and so I can rest. We are going to have to rest some in the midst of this. We are not going to be able to power through these 40 days, this long time. And so we're going to have to find our, our dwelling place in God, trust in God, and even rest. John 14 says this. I know Jesus knew Psalm 91 because he says, I have a dwelling place for you. I'm preparing it for you. Trust in God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You hear the rest? He's saying you can rest even in this time. You can be sure that what God is saying to you is true. Now, for some of us, our understanding of home, you know, we're saying here's where I live. Some of you might say, I grew up in a loving, safe home. It's easy for me to trust. Others of us might say, I grew up in an unsafe place. Or you might be like, I'm living this this safer at home. is not safer at home for me even now. And so what I want you to hear, all of us, is Jesus is inviting us to a trust place no matter what your previous dwelling place is or even your current one may be. That you can say, right now, I'm going to make my primary place that I'm living with God. And that's what we're praying in Psalm 91. We'll pray it over and over. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, because that's where I can rest. That's where I can live. The next two verses of Psalm 91 say this. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings 
you'll find refuge. So first we have to ask, I think, what is a fowler's snare? That led me to look up the word fowler because I didn't know what it was. So I looked up fowler in the dictionary. A fowler is a person who hunts wild fowl. <laughs> and so that, yeah, a fowler is, it's only funny to me, but a fowler is a person who hunts wild fowl. Sometimes definitions don't get us too far. So what do you have to do? You have to look up fowl. What is fowl? It's a bird. It's a, a turkey. It's a pheasant. Some of you are like, I know what fowl is, Pastor. I'm a hunter. I get it. You know, I'm not. I'm not. But this fowler's snare is, uh, I have to make voices for you when you're not here. A fowler's snare, it's a trap. It's a trick. And this is saying God will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. What's a deadly pestilence? A fatal epidemic disease. How will God protect us? Listen, by covering us with his feathers, placing us under his wings. The image here is of a mother hen gathering her chicks under her wings to protect them. I think Jesus knew Psalm 91. I think he heard it. Listen to what Jesus said when he came up over Jerusalem, tears filling his eyes as he looked out over the city of God. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. To understand the protection of God, which is really, I think, what a lot of us are wrestling with. To understand the protection of God, we have to understand the promises of God. Jesus was saying to Jerusalem, you guys have ignored the prophets for so long. The prophets have come and done what? Reminded you of God's promises. The prophets have come, and, and, and so in forfeiting the true promises of God, Jesus was saying you're missing out on the true protection of God. He's saying what? They sought out protection in the empire. They turned their ear to the empire. They sought out protection in false religions. They, they sought out protection in the marketplace, in financial gain. And when we turn our ears to the whispering promises of the empire, to the stock market, to any other idol, we will feel quite vulnerable when those things begin to shake. But when we put our trust in God and put our trust in God's promises, we'll find protection like that of chicks under the wings of a mother hen. So this is a time for us, church, to think about What promises are we trusting in? Our understanding of how protected we are right now will be directly connected to the promises that we're looking to. Well, here's what Psalm 91 promises. We don't have to be afraid at night. We don't have to be afraid of arrows during the daytime. We don't have to be afraid of of a fatal epidemic disease that stalks in the darkness. That's what it says. And this is where uh, you might begin to scratch your head a little bit if you're if you're digging deep, this is where you guys send me emails, which I love. Keep them coming. I don't have much else to do. The next verse says, a thousand may fall at your side. Then it says, we'll only observe the punishment of the wicked. No harm will befall us. God will command his angels concerning us to guard us in all our ways. So what I'm getting at is one way of reading this might be, hey, Jacob, why are we doing online worship if the plague won't touch us? Right? Is this saying we won't get sick or we can't get sick? Does this say, do we think that we think only the wicked will die? Well, I'll answer those questions. Is this saying we can't get sick? No, everybody gets sick. Is this saying, do we think only the wicked will die? No. If we're speaking of an earthly death, everybody I've ever heard of dies. So what's going on here? 
we believe God's promises, we believe God will protect us, then why doesn't God always protect us? Who can, it's sort of a, a little a problem we get ourselves in, a mess, right? Who can help us out of this problem? Jesus. You're not going to believe this. Jesus was actually faced with the same kind of question, the same situation that we're in, the same kind of theological problem. Jesus, when he was in a 40-day wilderness, the devil tried to trick him, think foul or snare, So the devil was trying to trick him when Jesus was vulnerable, when he was tired, when he was in the midst of a long, hard time. And the devil takes Jesus up to the highest place in Jerusalem, up to the highest point of the temple. And so picture the devil and Jesus hanging out on the corner of the highest point in the temple, overlooking Jerusalem. And the devil says, Jesus, if you're the son of God, just throw yourself off of here. Surely you'll be saved. You hear what the devil is saying, right? If you have God, why are you afraid of doing anything? If you guys are the people of God, why are you staying home? You're not going to believe this. The devil, up there on the corner of the temple of Jerusalem, then quotes to Jesus Psalm 91. He says to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, and this is the quote from Psalm 91, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands. Do you see the devil tried to use Psalm 91 on Jesus? just like he may try to use on us. He may say to us, what are you talking about? He may say like, oh, really, he'll save you? Let's see. Well, here's Jesus. Obviously, you're thinking, what's Jesus' response? His response is so important. Here's Jesus' response to the devil. The devil says, throw yourself off the corner of the temple. Don't you know Psalm 91? And Jesus says, not so fast, devil. Really? He says, not today, Satan. He says, you can't do that to me. Here's what Jesus says. He answered him to the devil. It is also written, Do not put the Lord God to the test. Jesus shows us how not to miss. I'm so thankful for this. Jesus shows us how to not misuse texts like Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is not a test of God. It's not like, okay, God, we're going to pray this prayer 91 days, and we're expecting you to do your part. What's that sound like? Sounds like a test. Hang with me, please, okay? Can God protect God's people? Absolutely. I'm counting on it. I'm praying Psalm 91 like crazy. Do we believe God listens to our request and acts on our behalf, even miraculously? Yes, I would be home if I didn't believe that to be true. I believe God protects us and listens to us. I'm praying Psalm 91, but Psalm 91 isn't go jump off the cliff. It's saying I'm strong and secure under the wings of God. Psalm 91 isn't I won't ever get sick. It's saying nothing will come to me that has not already passed through the careful wings of the one who is over me the one with whom I dwell. The promise isn't, it's not about not getting sick. The promise is getting to have a house with God forever. So if you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will befall you. I promise. That's a promise. Psalm 91 is a promise that we hold on to in this time. So what's the promise? Listen to this from 2 Corinthians. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. Now, what that means is we could stack up all the promises of Psalm 91 and all the promises of God's scripture, and all the promises are yes in Jesus. I'll, I'll keep going in 2 Corinthians. It says this, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Here's what happens with me when I read Psalm 91. I feel God's spirit. I sense God's spirit like a guarantee. Read Psalm 91. Pray it with your family. You'll you'll feel God's spirit 
as a guarantee, guaranteeing what is to come. What is to come? What is to come, Lord Jesus? He says, I'm preparing a place for you, a place that you can live, a dwelling place for you. The reason Jesus didn't jump off the temple to show up the devil was because the promise isn't that we won't have trouble or pain or hardship or wilderness. In fact, Jesus walked through all those things as well, just like us. The promise is, the promise is, the trouble we are in cannot keep us away from God. The promise is there's nothing that we're going through that can separate us from. The promise is, is coronavirus, a struggling economy, our isolation right now, it won't keep you from God. That's the promise. For I'm convinced, Paul says, that nothing, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor anything, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The promise is no matter what we face, we won't be harmed because we are safe in God. I'm gonna be praying Psalm 91 like crazy. We have 84 days left, guys. You know how long that is? A long time. And so we're gonna keep going and keep praying because the promises of Psalm 91 are what we need, a home in God, trust, protection, wings covering us, and angels who will guard us in all our ways. Here's what I believe. The same God who protected me as a little boy protects me now. The same one who heard my words uh, with nighttime fears when I was little hears me now. And there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. My grandmother's name was Mary Elizabeth, so when I had uh, my first daughter, we named her Mary Elizabeth because that name was implanted in my heart like a promise from God, like a presence of God. And so I wanted to take that promise and, and pass it down to her. So pray, people of God, in this season. Pray, people of God. Pray over your children. Pray over your grandchildren, even though you may not be able to see them right now. Pray with all your might so that you can know you dwell in the shelter of the Most High God and it is there that you can rest. Trust in God. Trust in Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. In, in our Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, Jesus wouldn't have told us that it was so. All right, uh, we're closing out. Kids, if you're still listening, or parents, if you want to get your kids, I just have a little kind of closing word for the children, so I'll let you uh, get them, or you can press pause or whatever. Um, just kind of a closing word. So kids, I was talking today about my grandmother. Her name was Mary Elizabeth. She died long before I was born, but her name and the promises of her faith were put into me. And so when my first daughter was born, we named her Mary Elizabeth. So cool just to kind of have that, that connection. So two things I want you to do this morning with your family or whoever you may be with today is one, if you can, ask your parents, your grandparents, say, why was I given this name? And, and just kind of hear what they say. They may say, I thought it was a cool name. That's a cool thing. Or there may be some story of a person or, a, or an experience that led them to give you that name. And that name is a promise that has been given to you that you're living into now. The other thing I want you to do is look at Psalm 91. That's what we've been studying. And I want you to see if there's a phrase or something in Psalm 91 that really sticks out to you. And if there is, I want you to tell your parents, say, this is the part I'm holding on to. This is the part I like. This is the part I see. And parents, you do the same. As you look at it, there may be some parts of it. You're like, I don't quite get that part. But there may be another part you say to your children, this is what I'm holding on to. So find a Psalm 91 phrase that you can, you can hold on to. Here's what I'm holding on to. He will command his angels concerning us and guard us in all our ways.
And so I'm going to be looking in the wilderness for the angels. I'm going to be looking for the wild things. If you're by yourself today, many of you will be watching this by yourself. Um, go to Psalm 91 and see what promise is there for you in the midst of this time. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you for sharing with us your great promises. And we pray, we thank you, God, that when you stack up all those promises, they are all yes in Christ. And so we gather all over the place today as the people who are connected because of Jesus Christ. And we feel the connection of the Spirit. And we feel the hope that can only come because we are your people. And so, God, we pray over our land. We pray for an end to this pandemic. We pray for protection from the disease. We pray, God, that you would guard us with your, with your angels in all the ways that you can, that you would lift us up. We pray for those who are serving on the front lines as first responders in the hospitals and, and, and those still in our communities, the, the police officers and the fire department. We pray for those who are serving in the grocery store and, and preparing the food and all the things that have to go together in this. And we trust you. We trust you, God, with our lives and with our hearts, with our very souls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.